Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is episode number three, two, one. But, my friends, I'm going to do something a little bit different this episode. I noticed that I have new people listening to me, and uh, I'm going to use my own podcast listenership as an example. Uh, there are people that I listen to that have truckloads of episodes. I listen to the Rogan podcast, and he has... He might have a thousand, at least is at least nine, eight, nine hundred episodes. I don't remember exactly how many. But if you're a new listener to the Rogan podcast, you're not going to go back all nine hundred episodes. You're going to just start listening from where you are, maybe go back a couple episodes. And that's usually what I wind up doing if I go to a new podcast. And it has a lot of episodes. I don't listen to all of them. I mean, not. I mean, you know, I, I listen to the, the most recent one. I go back a couple. But I started thinking about that and I realized that this is episode number three hundred and twenty one for me. And I know that the new people that are listening to me. They usually listen to the, the, uh, the, whatever the latest episode is, and they'll go back five, 10, maybe 20 episodes. But they're probably not going to go back and listen to all 320 episodes before this. I know that. So what I wanted to do here, this is kind of for my, uh, for my new listeners and also for the people that have been listening to me for a long period of time. The stuff that I'm going to play for you today, you haven't heard it in years. This podcast is four and a half years old. You have not heard this stuff in a while. My original Bastard Army, you have not heard these episodes in a long time. And a new Bastard Army, I know you haven't heard it because you, your ass is a new. So, <laughs> so this episode is called first five. So what I'm going to do here basically is I'm going to play my first, I'm going to put my first five episodes in this, in this, uh, in this podcast. Uh, so people can hear the first five episodes. I want you to hear where the podcast started. Uh, be kind of interesting to hear what I sounded like four years ago when I didn't, uh, quite frankly, during these first five episodes, I hadn't even decided whether I was going to keep podcasting. I was just kind of trying it out. To see if it's something that I wanted to do. And I didn't really think until maybe uh, maybe 10, 15, 20 episodes in that I was going, OK, I'm going to keep doing this and I'm never going to stop or you know, no time in the near future. And four and a half years later, here I am with no signs of slowing down because I still enjoy it very, very much. So this is the first five episodes. Now, just to let you know, in the first five episodes, five episodes, I had not purchased any equipment. I had not gotten any microphones. What you're hearing basically is me and a uh, what I was using as a recorder is one of those recorders you use. If you're kind of record a business meeting, you have a business meeting, you put it in the middle of the round table, little digital recorder that you record the notes from the meeting. That's what I was using. I was talking into that and walking around. And I think I had some headphones or something like that, but I didn't have a lot of equipment and I damn sure didn't have any editing stuff. So there, there's there's no editing. <laughs> so be prepared for changes in sound quality because I was going back and forth between these two recorders that I had lying around from the stand up days that I didn't even use for stand up anymore. So I want you to listen to these five episodes. I hope you dig these five episodes and I'm not going to interrupt them and I'm not going to do a post on this episode. I'm not going to wrap up the episode. I'm just going to let the last episode play. So what I'm going to do right up front is what I normally do at the end of the podcast. So what I'm going to do here, let me grab this here, is I'm going to read some of this information really, really quickly just to let you know where I am. Uh, this podcast is on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play. The home base is Podbean. Uh, the email, and I only have one, is talktosanthony at gmail.com. T-A-L-K-T-O-S-A-N-T-H-O-N-Y at gmail.com. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, as S. Anthony says. Please look up the YouTube channel, as Anthony says, and subscribe and hit the bell for notifications. I'm on Instagram at, at S. Anthony Thomas. I'm on Facebook. Surprise! 
as Anthony says, look that up on Facebook. And I have two Twitters. One is for me specifically. It's it's at it's a, at S. Anthony Thomas. And the show that you're listening to right now has a, tw- a Twitter as well. It's at S. Anthony says. So, my friends, without further ado, this is a special uh, special thing here for my new my new Bastard Army and for the old Bastard Army, the originals. You haven't heard this stuff in a long time. In fact, I haven't heard this stuff in a long time. So for everybody, check this out. I hope you enjoy it. And of course, next week, I'll be right back with a whole new podcast of me talking about stupid crap. So are you ready? Cool. Check it out. See you next week. Well, hello, hello. Uh, I'm S. Anthony. My name is actually S. Anthony Thomas, and this is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. Um, before I get started, I just wanted to say one thing. First of all, thank you. For, if you can hear this, thank you for checking me out. I hope you enjoy yourself um, with what's coming up right after this and what's going to be coming up in the future. I'm a comedian, and the the title of this thing here, essentially, if you've seen the cover art, it says, as Anthony says, uh, comedian, work in perpetual progress. We're going to have a good time here, and there's going to be a lot of things here. There's going to be comedy here. There'll be interviews here. We're going to talk about the news. We're going to do a lot of really cool things here, and I want to thank you for checking me out. Now, just to let you know, if you're expecting to hear the exact same thing here again and again and again, that's never going to happen. Uh, I get bored easily with things, so I usually move on to something else pretty quickly. And so we try to keep it light and fun, but sometimes we like to be serious. So we're going to have a great time here. Once again, I just want to thank you very, very much for checking me out. And we're going to have fun. So here we go. It's time for the first one. Let's get to it. people would stop dissing the dollar store there's nothing wrong with the dollar store my friends used to give me a hard time because i would shop at the dollar store and they weren't the only ones uh, at the time i it was a girl that was staying with me in my apartment i had a better apartment than she did she was my girlfriend at the time and she would always get what are you doing shopping at this dollar store it's gross you have enough money that you don't have to do that you're just being cheap i can't believe you're doing this you need to just stop it and you need to and it would go on for an hour i mean she really she, if she had caught me with her sister with her mom filming it she wouldn't have yelled at me as long and as loud as when she realized I had brought stuff. Keep in mind, this is my apartment into my house that she was in all the time from the dollar store. I can't believe it. <sighs> and I'm, you know, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right. You know, that's, you know how guys are. Sometimes when a woman's yelling at you and giving you a hard time, you just kind of shut your mouth and go, all right, whatever. So we go to bed and, uh, you know, some good stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night. And, uh, you know, and somehow I had I was facing away from her. Maybe we had shifted during the night uh, uh, during sleeping and I rolled back over. To, you know, I was going to give her a big hug and, you know, go back to sleep holding her. And, uh, OK, I'm going to tell you the truth. Um, I just wanted to squeeze on her butt. All right. She had a beautiful black juicy ache behind and I want to put my hands on it and squeeze it while I went to sleep. OK, I admit it now. All right. So I roll over to squeeze her delicious buttocks. And I realize she's not there. So my first thought is, wait a minute, 
I know she did not get up at four o'clock in the morning and start smoking again. Uh uh-uh, No, no. She promised me she was going to stop smoking and I'm going to sneak out there and I'm going to catch her smoking on the balcony and I'm going to read her the riot act. Damn it. But that's not what I saw when I walked out of the bedroom. You know what I saw? I'll tell you what I saw. She was bent over in the refrigerator eating and she was obviously hiding in the refrigerator because she didn't want to hear, you know, she didn't want me to hear what she was doing. And the only thing that could have been that was she could have possibly been been eating is the stuff that I bought from the dollar store. You know, the place that made her yell at me for an hour. Okay, actually, to be honest with you, I didn't think that first because um, she was naked and bending over into the refrigerator. And all my first thought was, man, that butt looks delicious. I want some of that. That was my first thought. And then my second thought was, man, that butt looks delicious. I want some more of that. And my third thought was, man, that butt looks delicious. I want some. Okay, my first 414 thoughts were, man, that butt looks delicious. I want some of that. Then I got upset. So I walk up behind her. and She's naked. And at the time, so am I. And I slide up behind her. And I poke her in the butt cheek. Of course, I didn't use my hands because there was something else available. She rockets up. Oh, um, uh, well, um, uh-huh, um, uh-huh, um, well. And she knows she's guilty. She knows she's wrong, but she screamed at me for an hour. And now she's standing there eating the stuff that I left. And I saw her standing there. And remember, she's still naked. But now she's naked and facing me. And there's um, there's mayonnaise on her mouth. And she's naked. And I'm naked. And she's there naked with mayonnaise on her mouth. And she's naked. <sighs> Did I mention that she was naked? I just want to let you know right now that um, I wasn't angry anymore. Nope, wasn't mad at all. In fact, I forgot that I was angry and uh, something else happened afterwards. Um, I took her by the hand and, you know, some other stuff happened. I- I'm not going to say what happened. I will tell you what it rhymes with. It rhymes with ducking. Serious ducking. You know, because we went back and, uh, I- like I said, I'm not going to tell you what happened or be gross. Or just- I'm going to tell you what it rhymes with. First, um, I put her in the bed and micked her mamina. Uh, then she gave me a long, slow mo blob, followed by about 30 to 45 minutes of maginal mentor course. And because it was close to my birthday, she gave me, uh, she let me have some manal becks. So, um, I'm just going to say that, uh, you know, dollar stores are good things. Dollar stores are good things. Not because they, they, they give you bargains that you normally wouldn't have had. But because at four o'clock in the morning, a few years ago, with that girl who I was with, but I'm not with now, but I still think of that fondly, I got some manal mechs when I normally wouldn't have got any manal mechs. And I really want to thank the dollar store for the bargains and for the deep manal mechs that I got. Thank you, dollar store. You're the greatest. It always amazes me how guys don't understand that other people's bodies belong to them and not to you. It's like a baby. You know, like a baby will just grab your face and, you know, bite your face or lick your face or, you know, the, the, you know, the baby just the, doesn't know, doesn't think in terms of you being separate from them. And some guys are the same way, man. You know, I was watching these two guys. It was this, this young lady. She was like 19, 20 years old. And I'm buying a sandwich and they follow her into the store. And at first, because of the physical closeness that they had, I thought that they were a couple or something and that the other guy was maybe the tag along. As it turns out, it was just a guy following this girl down the street, trying to hug her. Hey, girl, come on now. Let me just get a hug. Come on now. 
She's like, no, get away from me. He's like, well, let me just touch your hair or something. And he's like trying to, he's like, she said no. And he's trying to put his arms around her waist and, and kiss her on the cheek and stuff. And, and then these idiots look at me like I'm going to give them a seal of approval. I looked at him with this look of disgust on my face. And the kid was about to say something to me. And then he thought better of it because he probably realized he was about to get knocked the fuck out if he tried anything. And then he left. And the lady, you know, and the girl looks at me kind of, you know, kind of saying thanks you with, thank you with her face. And I just nodded at her and then they left. But that always amazed me. I never understood guys that acted like that. Did you see a woman on the street that they like and they figure they, they can just walk up and start touching her and stuff and saying all sorts of ridiculousness to her. Never understood that. Even when I had friends that did that, I didn't like it. You know, I'd be walking down the street and they go, yo, girl, blah, 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 and he would say something rude. And I'd look at him like, yo, dude, what's up? Shut up, man. You know? Not that I care what another dude does, but it's like, come on, man, just calm down. Because I wouldn't even want a woman that would respond to that bullshit. You understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't even want that. Because look how, how much self-esteem does she have if she responds to bullshit like that? Now, don't get me wrong. I love squeezing on some delicious butt and some delicious breasts. Because if a woman is mine, make no mistake, my hands are going to be on her delicious breasts and that delicious buttocks as much as possible. But call me crazy. I like to have permission to touch people. I don't like anybody touching me. Even if you're a gorgeous woman, if I don't know you, don't touch me. You know what I'm saying? And this, this, this goes to show you something funny that happened to me uh, a little while ago. I was, there's this uh, guy that stops off at the donut shop. Uh, he's a homeless guy, you know, and I give him some money whenever I see him, you know, uh, he won't, I tried to get him some help, but he, he just won't do it. Um, and he, and he, you know, I tried to get him some place where he can get clean, but he just, he just won't do it. So every time he shows up, he's always, you know, you know, I know that he's covered in, you know, you know, his human stuff, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, cause he doesn't necessarily have the best bathroom facilities, but you know, unless you know right away, you can't tell that's what's about to happen. So when I give him money, he has this thing where he likes to hug people that give him money. I was like, nah, that's all right. Uh, I just told him, said, you know, I really don't like people hugging me. No offense. I mean, really, I didn't want to say, you know what? I really don't want to be covered in piss and crap. Okay. Here's the money, you know, chill. So I'm in the store and a guy that I don't even dislike the guy, but he's a bit of a dick. He's one of those guys that you grew up with that always thought he was better than you. And I don't mean better than you at something. I mean, better as an entity, just better. You're less. He's up here. You're down there. And he was horrible to me as a kid. And uh, I figured, you know, we're adults now, you know, and I haven't seen him in a few years. I figured, you know, let bygones be bygones. I'm going to go up, shake the guy's hand, you know, and we'll say hello to him. Nothing has changed with this guy. Nothing. He is the same walking pile of hot guano he was 20 years ago. Okay. And and I'm doing pretty good, you know, and he's doing pretty good, too. But for some reason, he thinks, yeah, oh, hello, yes. <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat what he said, but basically, it was essentially him trying to put me down, not realizing that that kind of shit doesn't bother me. The hell do I care what somebody else thinks? And then he starts being really rude with it. And then he starts becoming really rude with other people and trying to insult people that come into the store and thinking, I'm going to go along with it. And I'm thinking, nah, man. And I said, dude, will you just calm down? Just relax. He gets he gets more rude and more obnoxious to the point where I wanted to slap the shit out of him. So I'm like, all right, man, you take care of yourself. And I walk out. And he's following me out being a dick. So I see the guy that I was talking about a little earlier, the, the homeless guy with the, you know, the hygiene problem. And I give him a dollar. 
And I, all right, man, take care. And he says, okay, thanks, man. I'm walking away. And Mr. Obnoxious sees that I gave him a dollar and decides he wants to one-up me. So what does he do? He goes, hold on, hold on. Let me give you some real money. He actually said that. <laughs> so I'm walking to my car and I'm, and I'm looking back like, what a, what a dickhead. He gives the guy the 10 and then looks at me and kind of smirks as if to say, you gave him one, I gave him 10. And as I said, this guy loves to hug people that give him money. He gives him the biggest wraparound bear hug you could possibly give. The kind of hug your grandpa would give you if he hadn't seen you for five years. The kind of hug you'd give a young child that you hadn't seen for a while. I mean, just hugged him. for. I mean, it had to have been 10, 12 seconds. I know that because I was laughing the entire time because I knew what was about to happen. So he goes, oh, yeah, 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 and the guy gets off of him. And then he notices that he is now, let's just say, not the best smelling guy in the world. He stinks. Physically stinks, which is ironic because, quite frankly, he stinks as a person also. And that was hilarious. Yeah, life is good. <laughs> hey. I almost got stabbed to death at a donut shop. How was your morning? It's not as dramatic as it sounds. It was just that we, I was at a donut shop this morning. This is a weird thing. And there were two teenage girls bragging about fighting two other teenage girls. Now, that's bad enough. But what actually happened was the teenage girls that were bragging about fighting were pregnant. And they were fighting two other pregnant teenage girls. So I'm standing at the counter. I'm trying to get my green tea. And they're they're talking over there. And. You know, they're, they're really animated about how they're going about their stories. And then, and she came downstairs with a butcher knife and I knew that bitch was going to do it. So I had a, I had a big knife in my purse too. I had a nun and then they had guns in it. And I'm sitting there going, you're all pregnant and you're, and I'm, well, this is what I was thinking. I didn't say it to them. They're, they're talking about fighting and about to stab somebody and shoot people. And it's a room full of pregnant people. And, and it didn't even occur to them that that was a really dumb idea. So they look over at me. And they start smiling at me and, you know, as if, you know, they think I'm going to become involved in listening to this ridiculousness. I didn't. And they were trying to involve people. You know, how when a person is animated and they start looking toward looking at you while they're telling the story, hoping to draw you into the conversation. They, they tried to do that with everyone, but nobody wanted to hear this. We're all just thinking, what the hell is wrong with you? So she's animated and she's a little hyped up because of the story. She turns to buy her her, her food at the counter. And the lady behind the counter was new and mistakenly thought that she hadn't paid for it. So instead of going, oh, no, 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 I did pay for it. Just ask the other lady. She slams her hand on the counter. Bam. I paid for it. What the fuck you mean? I didn't pay for it. I'll turn this whole place out. You mother. That's what she started to sound like after a while. And then she looks at the lady behind the counter. And says, You know what? You ain't nothing but a stupid and then she uses an epithet, a racial epithet that's usually di directed at Chinese people. I'm not going to repeat it because I refuse to say words like that, but you get the idea. Okay. And the lady behind the counter goes, no, I'm uh, what? I'm, uh, I'm not Chinese. I'm Cambodian. She looks back at the lady and then says something to her that, as it turns out, was a specific racial epithet for Cambodian people. Because the lady behind the counter was surprised, first of all, that the lady knew it and that she would actually say it. And we're all looking at her like, what? And my first thought is literally, who has a, Campo a Cambodian-specific racial epithet in the holster ready to go? 
most people don't even know what a racial epithet for a Cambodian is, especially if it's Cambodian specific. But she had that sucker ready to go in a holster. I mean, I just imagine her at home going, you know what, tomorrow we're going to have a nice loud discussion in the donut shop about our knife fight the night before, you know, when we were in that house full of other pregnant teenagers and we had knives in our purses and we were about to stab each other and get shot. And then the police came and dragged us all out. But just in case that lady behind the counter says something, let's go Google Cambodia and then find out the worst disgusting racial epithet we can say towards the Cambodians. I mean, I can't imagine it. Who has a Cambodian specific racial epithet ready to go? Not somebody I want to talk to and definitely not somebody I want to stand next to because this lady was just trouble personified. So now she's screaming and yelling and everybody's trying to calm her down and then she starts getting ready to go into her purse. Now you can see that there's a knife in the purse and she's about to pull it out. And she looks at me and she's angry at, the, I wasn't angry at me. Couldn't have been angry at me because I didn't say anything to her. She was probably just angry at the space I was standing in. And she's, I'm sitting there going, is this babe going to stab me because I happen to be standing next to her? Is she crazy? Well, I'm alive, so it didn't happen. But it just goes to show you, most people think it's dangerous to go to a nightclub and it's dangerous to hang around in rough neighborhoods. And I'm telling you right now, after this morning, I'm thinking one of the most dangerous places in the world is a donut shop. Parents, keep your kids from donut shops. If you know what's good for you. This is a message from Miley Cyrus from S. Anthony. Miley, you've been getting in a lot of trouble lately for the way you've dressed and some of the magazine articles you've done and some of the way you've been posing and revealing outfits. And most recently, you've gotten in trouble for, you know, your dancing at the VMAs, the outfits you wore, and also for you twerking in front of Robin Thicke's junk. But I'm telling you something right now, Miley, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you need to do, you keep doing it. And in fact, I would like to offer you something. If you ever feel the need to bend over and rub your 20-year-old ass on some available junk, I want to let you know, Miley, I'm there for you. That's right. Any time of the day or night, if you feel the need to bend over and rub your 20-year-old ass on some available junk, you call S. Anthony and I'll help you out. And I'm not the kind of person that likes to be too selective meaning keeping people out. This is a message to any attractive 20-year-old woman, especially if you're rich like she is. If you need to rub your junk, your your uh, your buttocks on someone's junk, I'll be there for you too. That's right. Your butt's in the air and you want to put it on something? My junk's available. In fact, if there's any attractive women out there who want to rub their butts on my junk, I'm, I'm, I'm also available for you too. So if there's, basically, if you're a woman and you want to rub your butt on something, my junk's available. Um, don't get the wrong idea. Don't think that I'm trying to get some kind of disgusting sexual gratification of rubbing my junk against 20-year-old women. No, that's what's wrong. This is about me giving back to the community, the world community. Not just any man will make his junk available for attractive 20-year-old women to rub their butts on it. But I'll do it because it needs to be done. And when things like this need to be done, you come to me as Anthony, the man whose junk is available for 20-year-old women. Yeah, I like to give back. Now, if you like more help like this, please subscribe to this channel and like everything that I do because it's, it's worthy. It's worthy of being liked because, like I said, not just any man would make his junk available 
for attractive 20 year old women to rub their butts on. Yeah. Well, folks, you can't say I didn't warn you. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to get weirder from here. I just want to thank you guys for checking it out. Hope you come back for more because there will be more. And uh, I had fun. I hope you did, too. Once again, thanks for checking it out. And until next time, that's Anthony out. Oh, welcome back. And thank you. It's time for the second one. Are you ready? Good. Let's go. always get mad at haters you know uh no matter what type of hater it actually is people get mad at it because it could be there's the hater that is jealous of you because you're successful and then there's the hater that knows they're at a higher level than you are right now but they need you to kind of stay down there to make themselves feel better and either one of them sucks i remember when i was a little kid i mean uh i was little you know i was you know, in grade school, and I was, I was, you know, kind of a dopey looking kid with big glasses, and yeah, I was just thinking about what, I, yeah, I really, really was dopey looking. You know, some big ass glasses I had, and I was also tiny at the time, and it was really bad, man. It was just horrible. You know, the girls treated me like crap. You know, there was always bullies trying to beat my ass, and it was really, really a bad, 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 bad period in my life. So one day we're in classroom and um, <laughs> I can laugh at it now, but uh, we're in the classroom and I'm sitting in the back of the class and I'm just trying to, you know, I'm basically I'm just trying to keep my head down. You know, I just want everybody to just leave me alone because I know, you know, every contact with my classmates was horrible. You know, I had a couple of friends, a couple of the other brains in class, but but it was just, you know, <laughs> it was just it was horrible. All right. And. uh you know, the girls didn't like me back then. And and uh, so we're in the classroom. And I'm sitting in the back. Just like I said, just kind of putting my head down on the desk, just kind of trying to be cool and be quiet and hopefully let everybody else do what they're going to do someplace else and just leave me the hell alone. And one of my biggest nightmares at the time came true. The teacher leaves the classroom and she made it clear that she was going to the principal's office to do something and I knew that meant she was going to be gone for a long period of time good god no now my first thought was oh crap I'm gonna have to get into a fight with these bullies again I don't feel like getting punched I don't feel like trying to hit somebody because I'm not going to win this because they're all each one of them individually is bigger than me so I I just you know maybe I have a chance with one of them but I just don't need this shit but that didn't happen and, I, and, and the funny thing is that had happened before, so I could actually have dealt with that. I, I had some experience with that part of it. But the other thing happened. The girls, they decided they wanted to have a contest. Uh, well, not a contest. That's the bad, that's the bad way to explain it. They wanted to rate the boys on hotness in the classroom on a scale of 1 to 10. Yeah, I knew this was not going to end well for me. Okay. So... <laughs> So, of course, the jocks, the pretty boys, the popular guys in classes get tens, nine, ten, nine, nine, ten, nine, nine, ten, nine. And they start going to the regular guys in class, seven, eights, sevens, nines, eights, you know, that kind of thing. 
And then they get to me. It's like they save the worst for last. And I put my head down and say, oh, God, here comes my number. They write the number on the board. And I didn't hear any snickering. And I'm going, okay, it's either really good or really bad. And I look up at the board. And everyone's kind of, you know, in quiet. And I walk up to the board. And I can see as I approach the board a seven. Now, I know I'm not a seven. I know this. You know, I know that. That can't, that can't possibly be my number. These people don't like me. The girls think I'm, I'm smart. They'll ask me to help with, with the homework, but they don't find me attractive. I know there's no way in hell I'm a seven. I saw guys in the classroom who were kind of average looking. They were getting sevens and I didn't even look as good as those dopes. So there's no way. But then I thought, wait a minute. What am I saying? I mean, maybe they're just being nice. Maybe they realize that because I'm the worst looking person here and I'm a, a big mess to these people, maybe the girls are showing some compassion here and maybe they just give me a seven, you know, you know, just give him a seven. What difference does it make? We all know he's dopey looking. So I go up to the board and I see the seven and I'm going, finally, finally something good has happened for me and I don't have to worry about people being mean to me. And then I got closer to the board and closer to the board and I put my stupid sun, my, my stupid glasses on and then I see it. To the direct left of the seven was a decimal point. Yeah. You see, they hadn't given me a seven. They had given me a point seven. Ah! How did that make me feel, you ask? Well, it made me feel like a piece of... But when I think about it now, I think these people actually gave me one of the best gifts I have ever had. Mainly because that was probably, uh, during my childhood, the worst I could possibly feel. There's literally nothing that feels worse than having the entire classroom do that to you. Uh, but I was able to survive it. And by the end of the year, um, I started to grow a little bit. And I became better athlete I was already smart and I started to feel good I started to feel good because they tried to crush me but they couldn't there's there's something about having people try to just absolutely crush you and surviving it and realizing they don't have that kind of power it was great I mean like I said from the worst feeling in the world to going that's the best shot you actually can have. That's the best you could do to try to hurt me. It really is. But you didn't. You made me feel bad for a while. But the next day I thought, well, I'm still alive. I mean, all they did was be mean. But how long is that going to last? I'm not going to be in school with these people forever. I'm not here for them anyway. I'm here to, you know, get something for myself. Now, granted, I ain't going to lie to you. In my mind, I had some fantasies at that moment, boy. I really had some fantasies in my mind of just standing in front of that class and boy, I just wanted to. All right. Which one of you had the bright idea to try to humiliate me, even though I didn't do anything to them? Oh, you? Could you come here for a minute? I want to show you something. Or even better, 
get one of those people that did it and grab them and go, hey, come here for a minute. Yeah, could you turn around for a minute? And then grab, and then grab their pants and just pants the bastard. How do you like this? <laughs> Oh, you don't like humiliation? Really? Oh, ain't that a shame? Oh, people laugh at you. Oh, but I thought better of it. I realized it's not the way to go about things. And like I said, I just let it brush off of my back and I went about the rest of my day and forgot about it until now. Yeah, until now. I never did get my sweet revenge on those bastards. <laughs> now is the time. I shall have my revenge. <laughs> what is it with ex-girlfriends that for some reason they seem to want to get in shape and stop being crazy after they leave you? I mean, we would have, I'm serious, I said to her, I said, you know, if you would stop the whole setting people on fire and cutting the brakes and faking pregnancies thing, we would have never broken up. You know? I'm just, I'm just saying, that's what, it, we would have never broken up had you stopped doing that. You know? I mean, when your family came over and you went into the bathroom, and they said, sweet Jesus boy, get out while you can. Maybe I should have listened to that. Granted, you were extremely good looking and you have a fantastic body and I really enjoyed getting it on with you. So I probably wouldn't have listened anyway. But that's the thing I got to realize. You got to look at the way people's, you know, the significant others, their relatives, the look in their eyes when they see you walk into the house. Because a lot of times they'll try to judge you. They'll look at you as the guy coming in to meet with the girl, you know, they, they look at you and they give you that look like, look at you, you dirty bastard, I know what you want, you're just another guy who just wants to come here and have the nerve to meet me and try to ask for permission to put your penis in my daughter, you dirty bastard, I ought to cut you, that's what the guy's thinking, that's what the father's thinking, right, and that's usually what happens, but I should have known something was up when I walked in and the guy's like, listen, um, yeah, um, I'm not really going to learn your name. Um, I'll probably, you know, there's really no reason for me to try to learn your name, sir, because it's probably going to be on the restraining order. Um, it's probably going to be on the reports at the, at the courts uh, after the first time she tries to kill you. So there's really no reason for me to try to memorize it. But if somehow you're able to de-crazy my daughter, um, I just want to say welcome to the family. I want to say that uh, I was just like you, or mother was exactly the same way. And, uh, you know, when they say getting shot, that the bullet burns when it goes in, they're not kidding. And also, guard your genitals and your neck when she gets upset. That's all I'm saying. No mother pulls you to the side. I know what he said. He's just being dramatic. My daughter is, not, I mean, I, she's saying she's crazy. And, of course, I bet he said that I was crazy. I'm not crazy. He's the one that's crazy. I mean, I tell him to do stuff. Like I say, go to the store for me. And he's saying all of this, I'm in the bathroom right now. And I'm thinking, what does that got to do with me? You either go to the store now, or I come in there right... I mean, um... <laughs> yeah. This is the family I wound up going into. What the hell? 
See, that's what happens when you're 20 years old or you're 22 years old or you're 25 years old or whatever. You put up with crap. You put up with crap that that you just you just want to have access to some woman's delicious hee-ha-ha-ha and you don't care what the hell happens. You put up with anything. Me, as an older guy, oh, no, no, no. The first sign of bullcrap, I am the hell out of there. Because I'm at the I'm at the age now where you know you basically you're dating to find someone that maybe you can have children with, maybe you you know in a, in a marriage. Um, and so I'm thinking I'm not because you have to think in terms of in the beginning of the relationship, everything's great. You got all the hormones going and everybody's great and everything's fantastic and all of this kind of crap. But you have to ask yourself, what's this going to be like when those hormones are gone and it's just you two together? What's it going to be like then? What's it going to be like? See, my thing is everybody talks about the first time you lay down together and the first time and, and she's undressed and she's wonderful and the first time. And it's the same thing with no, the first time he's this, the first time that. This. No, man, forget about the first ever. Forget first schmerced. You know what you need to think about? Think about what's going to happen 50 screws in. The, the 51st time you screw, ask yourself, wait a second. Because by then, people start acting like they're really going to act. You understand what I'm saying? You know, when, you, when you're sitting at the, 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 at the table and you're, uh, you know, you're ordering something and the waitress smiles at you and you smile back the same way you would have smiled at any other human being that would have smiled. And you can already see her looking at your neck, rubbing the tip of the knife. She looks good, doesn't she? Oh, uh, no. No, she doesn't. Why are you looking at her? Because she was talking to me. Oh, so you're going to talk to the bitch, huh? Okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, and this is not gender-specific. Guys are just as nuts. I've known guys that were literally standing at the door when their women came home. And this guy goes, oh, wait a minute. It's 603, woman. You're supposed to be home at 6 o'clock. It takes 15 minutes to get from your office to the house. And, and it's 603. Who you with? And women, see, guys, when guys are uh, dealing with an angry woman, we kind of calm down and shut up a little bit. We go, oh, yeah, you know, girl, I was just, you know. I, women will fire right back, man. They come back with the bomb. They don't They do not do any kind of subtle stuff. They come in with the, with the Uzi. What you doing, 603? You going to come back? 603? 603? Three minutes? You think I left you for a man who's going to last for three minutes plus travel time? If I was going to do that, I might as well stay with you. Bam! That's right. They go for it. And that's the thing, man. You know, I, I used to see my grandparents' marriage. My grandparents married. They were married for a long period of time before they passed away. And it was it was a beautiful thing to see. Um, I mean, the marriage is weird, but uh, it, was, it was nice to, to find someone that will put up with your particular brand of idiocy for that, that length of time. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what you will when you get married in the first place. It's like, listen, I'm a huge douchebag, and you're nuts. But your nuttiness, I find endearing. And apparently you find my douchebaggery very endearing as well. So let's let's ruin each other's lives instead of torturing two other people. What do you say? And in addition to that, let's make two small people who turn into big people who go on to screw up the lives of other people. Huh? Let's keep this dysfunction right here. Because that's what you're doing. I wish it was like when we were kids, man. Because you can't even end a relationship anymore. Nowadays, people are 
You know, you see, you even see it on the internet. People are going nuts and stabbing each other and blowing each other up and driving cars over top of each other and all this weirdness. Or, or if you have any money, they try to take all your money. Or you know, so one parent wants to hide the kids from the other one, which is really hilarious. You know, especially because usually what happens is one, that you both love your kids. Okay, both parents love the kids, but let's let's keep it real. It, it, there's always one parent that loves the kids more than the other one. No one will admit that. No parent's going to admit that. No, no one's going to go, you know, son, I love you. I mean, not as much as your mother does. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. Sometimes I find you quite annoying. No parent's going to say that. And the mother's not going to go, you know, I carried you for nine months, and um, you're just as painful on the outside of my body as you were on the inside. Would you shut, please shut up and get away from me? They're not going to say that. They may want to, but they're not going to say it. And it always amazes me that when a people break up, they do the nastiest crap you could possibly think of to each other. You know, and you see, you know, I, I get a kick out of watching one parent threaten the other parent with keeping the kids. Oh, yeah, well, you're never going to see the kids. Because usually the person saying that is the person that likes the kids more. The other parent's going, let me get this straight. The kids that are annoying the crap out of me, you're going to keep them in the house with you. I'm just going to have to kick down some money to you which, based on the percentage that the judge is going to take, is much less than I would have been paying had I been in the house with you. And in addition to that, I get to show up every couple of weeks with some gifts, be the great guy, and then leave, and then you have to do all the disciplining. And in addition to that, I get to bang my secretary. Oh, this divorce is going to suck. No. But even after hearing all of that and living through all of that and seeing all of that and experiencing all of that, I still one day would like to get married and still one day would like to have kids. It would be cool to do that because I love hanging out with my little nephews and my little cousins and all that kind of stuff. I know it's different being a parent. I know it's different being a parent than being a cousin, even if they're at your house all the time, even if you have them for extended periods of time. I know it's different. But I love kids. What am I going to do? You can't rent them. Can you rent kids? Hmm, I better stop this podcast and go do some Googling. I might be able to rent some kids. You can have fun with them. You can play with them. You can teach them some math and read to them. Then when they start becoming big pains in the ass, you get rid of them. Oh, man, I definitely got to do some Googling. Um, Okay, guys, until next time, uh, this is Anthony, the S. Anthony Says Podcast. Uh, I got to go. I've got to find out if I can rent some kids. And then give them back to people after I finish, you know, playing baseball with them and stuff. I, I got to look this up. See ya. Everybody has those days where you just want people to leave you the hell alone. You know, those days where you just don't want to hear the same bullshit stories. You don't want them trying to manufacture conversations by talking about the weather. You just don't want to be bothered. And a lot of times people can't just look at you and see that it's one of those days, but they really need to know. And I think as a society, we should come up with a piece of clothing or something to let people know this is not the day to come and bother me with your bullshit. I think we should invent something called the get the fuck away from me hat. Because there's some days you just want everybody to just get the fuck away from you. You don't want to hear about their bullshit stories. You don't want to hear about their lives. You don't want to see pictures of their kids. You don't want to hear them complaining about their problems. You got your own problems right now and you are worn out. We need to get the fuck away from me hat. I mean, the reason I say hat is because I want people to be able to see from across the street that they need to leave you alone. You know, they go, hey, let's, there's S. Anthony over there. Let's go over there and bore him with our bullshit stories that he's already heard a billion and a half times, even though, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. 
He's got his get the fuck away from me hat on. Well, leave him alone. Leave him alone. That would be good. Because a lot of people aren't as nice as I am about it. Because I'll just put up with it for a little while and then try to find a way to get away. But some people, woohoo. Some people, uh, uh, you know, it'll, it won't, it won't be good. It won't be good at all because they, they'll be a little different than I am. Hey, there's Jim over there. Hey, let's go over there and talk about stupid shit and waste his time. Hey, Jim, here's that bullshit story we were telling you about the whole... You're going to love this. This is great. This is a great story about how my grandfather had a really decent bowel movement. It's about 20 minutes long. Want to hear it? Yeah, that, that, that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good at all. Uh, yeah, I, I, w I wouldn't suggest actually going about it that way. I would probably suggest walking away from people. But but be careful. There's a lot of people out there that aren't as nice as I am. And that, that could be an alternative for them. So I'm just saying, somebody out there, please invent the get the fuck away from me hat. Um, I'm not an inventor or anything like that. So, I mean, it's up to you guys to invent the get the fuck away from me hat. All I ask for is a small percentage of profits because it is my original idea and that I could be the spokesperson for the brand. That's all I ask. You know, I don't, I don't think that's too much to ask. Not really. I don't think so. My friends always give me a hard time because, see, I'm one of those guys that I don't do one night stands. I've always been a relationship type of guy. And it's not that I have anything morally against one night stands. If you want to get it on, that's fine. And quite frankly, uh, if there were no diseases in the world, I would also probably do it if I found someone attractive like that. But I'm one of the, I have not gotten it on with a woman without her having a blood test first since 1999. And that's not going to change. My, my boys get, they give me a hard time. Yo, man, I don't know why these girls like your little short, goofy looking ass, but for some reason they be trying to give you all that butt and you ain't taking it, man. What's wrong with you? And the reason is, I don't want any diseases. I have never had a venereal disease scare, and I will never have a venereal disease scare. Every last one of them has had a venereal disease scare. You know, so much so that I've literally had to drive these guys to the clinic, shaking in the, in the, in the passenger seat of my car, talking about, Yo, man, I need you to drive, man. I can't think straight, man. I think that girl called me, man. She has something, man. What am I going to do, man? Now, having seen that, why the hell would I get it on with a chick without her having a blood test first? Not only because I want to know that she's clean, I want her to know that I'm clean. Some of the times the woman will ask me first, when I'm, and I'm thinking, cool, because I was going to ask you too. And then we go down, we find out we're both clean, and then I take her back to my place and um, we go to Funky Town. <clears throat> you know, much like Kumo D said back in the day, <laughs> I go to work. But other than that, I'm not catching the disease because I, oh, I have to have it now. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's like having a bunch of alcoholics in your family or drug addicts in your family. Once you look at them and see what their life's turned out to be, do you want to have a drink when you've seen your cousin, your uncle, your dad vomit on themselves? You know what I'm saying? In front of public or, or walking out at Thanksgiving with his, with his penis out talking about them. Hey! Is everybody happy? Yeah. You don't want that. You know, you have the high relative walking into the room. So, uh, it's Christmas, right? You go, uh, no, it's, uh, it's not Christmas. It's, uh, it's March. 
and um, actually, I don't know you, sir. Your family is on the house across the street. So you don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. And that's why I had made the decision. I am not dealing with anybody, any woman at all. No woman is going to see my <laughs> or have my hee-ha-ha -ha put up her <laughs> unless there's been a blood test first. I know my friends ridicule me. But uh, like I said, I've never had any STD scares. <laughs> and there you have it. I just want to say thanks for stopping by again and hope to see you again next time. S. Anthony out. How you doing? This is S. Anthony again. Listen, this particular podcast, uh, I'm not even going to do the theme song. This is just me talking to you. And I got to ask you a question. And I really want to know if you feel the same way, because it doesn't really matter whether you're rich or poor or what your melanin count is, what your ethnicity is, what your race is. Relationships have shelf lives. And I think personal interactions have shelf lives. You know, sometimes you'll be in a relationship with someone, whether it be a romantic relationship or a friendship relationship, and you kind of get the feeling right away that this is not going to be permanent. This is not a long-term friendship. This is someone I like now. You know, you're dating someone, you're going, this is not a wife, this is not a girlfriend, or this is not a husband, this is not a boyfriend. I'm just having fun with this person for right now. Maybe you don't want to be in a relationship, or maybe you just left one, but you just wanted to be around someone of the opposite sex and feel attractive again. But you know you're not serious about them. And I'm telling you right now, I think that all relationships have some sort of shelf life. Now, sometimes the shelf life is the rest of your life. You find someone and you really love them and you want to spend all your time with them. You want to grow old with them. And I was in, in a relationship with a girl. And I'm telling you right now, this is this is not only did the relationship have a shelf life, our interactions had a shelf life. I mean, literally, I could count to two hours from when I saw her each individual time. That's when she'd start being mean. The first two hours, she was the most delightful human being in the world. But right around the two-hour mark, she started to get nasty for no reason. What are you doing? Oh, God. Are you really going to sit in the chair like that? You're so stupid. And you're going, what? You're mad at me because of the way I'm sitting in a chair? Really? So I made a mental note. Don't be around this woman for more than two hours in a row. Then there was something else I noticed. After I had sex with her, she was nice for four hours. So I went, wait a minute. Well, she's not going to let me just have sex with as soon as I walk in the house. So I've got to time this just right. I got to make sure that we go to a movie. And then right after that, I rush her back to the house because movies are about an hour and a half usually. And it gives us just enough time to go back to the house. I jump on top of her. We get it on. And then she'll be nice for four more hours. Great. So if we add up all the time. Movie half an hour. Movie hour and a half. Trip home. 30 minutes. Get it on with her for 30 minutes, 15 minutes of afterglow, 15 minutes of getting dressed, four hours of niceness. So that adds up to seven hours of niceness if I time it correctly. But that, I never timed it correctly. One time, the first time I thought that this, of this plan and thought it was going to work, I took her to a movie and I thought the movie was an hour and a half. As it turns out, the movie was two and a half hours. So she's actually being mean to me during the movie. <laughs> I'm sitting next to it. Oh, God, is that how you eat popcorn? Oh, my God. Oh, you're so dumb. I hate you. Oh, God. I'm going, oh, you know, I don't even want to have sex with this woman. It's not even going to be worth the four hours of niceness because it's already two o'clock in the morning. Was she going to be nice to me in her dreams? This is this is sucks. It was at the point where literally. I could see the niceness drain out of her, you know, it was almost as if 
the evil witch that she became was kidnapping the nice her, <laughs> right? And taking her place. Oh, you want to see the nice girl that you love, don't you? Well, you're not going to see it. You make me sick. You get away from me, you bastard. It was like, it was like, it was literally like going to visit her pleasant personality in prison because it damn sure wasn't readily available. You know, I was like, please, can she come back? No, she won't be back until your next date. And don't even think about having sex. I know about your little have sex for hours thing. You gonna try to put me, the evil personality, back in prison for four hours? Oh, I don't think so. Now you go home and have a horrible four days until you see her again. And maybe, maybe I'll let her out. I had a whole relationship like that. <laughs> a whole relationship like that. And that's that's the funny thing. Like I said, everything has, you know, limits on shelf lives. In that particular case, the shelf life of her pleasantness was two hours or four hours if we had sex. And the, the relationship only lasted a couple of years because um, I got to the point where I didn't want to jump out a window. So I had to end that. But like I'm like I'm saying, just just remember, all relationships have shelf lives. Your friendships have shelf lives. Your, your relationships have shelf lives. In fact, your, your your relationship with your relatives have shelf lives. Tell me there's some relatives that you, you, you just love for 15 minutes. <laughs> you love them for 15 minutes, but at minute 17, oh God, I'm going to mix this guy's medicine up on purpose. I can't take this guy, you know, but just keep in mind after having said that, there's someone right now thinking about you going, you know what? I think this guy's shelf life is about to, about to go up. Time to send him home. All right, cats and kitties, dudes and dudettes on the board the words the moment and I'll tell you why the moment is annoying because if you notice every reality show especially the contests, are built on the moment especially the you know the singing competition type shows you know when the guy goes alright I know you've been watching this corny ass show for 17 straight weeks and now we're gonna tell you who's won and who is the next singing champion and we're gonna tell you <laughs> Right after this long ass 25 minutes of commercials. And it's annoying. Because now the moment is kind of built into everyday life. Everybody wants the moment now. And it happened to me a little, uh, actually, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, actually. The moment happened for me. Where someone tried to build this fake moment. I go to the doctor. I'm, I'm giving some blood because I have to see the doctor in a couple of weeks. And, you know, she wants to know what my levels of, you know, this, that, and the other. Standard crap. And they just, the nurse comes in to decide she wants to throw in a uh, HIV test because, you know, why not? And she asked me, uh, Mr. Thomas, um, I was just wondering if you'd like me to throw in an HIV test. I mean, you don't have to do it. I would recommend it. And I say to her, well, yeah, go ahead. She goes, so, um, and she, she doesn't even hear the fact that I said go ahead because I'm not even worried about it. And, she, and she's still trying to convince me when I already said go ahead. And it's really important. I said, Nurse, I said go ahead. So she does a little swab thing, and she, and she goes, I'll be back in 20 minutes. And I'm sitting there going, I'm really worried about it. You know, I mean, really, I haven't had uh, condomless sex since the 90s, okay, when I was in a long-term relationship, you know, and, and we were together 24-7, and she was on the pill. In fact, I knew she was on the pill because I was there when she put the pill in her mouth. 
You know, I'll be honest with you. you know, I don't know if she noticed it or not, but I did a very, very slick one, a, a slick move on. I did one of those very slick. You know, she thought I was moving in for the kiss, and I was basically doing one of those uh, under the cuckoo's nest pill checks under her tongue to make sure she swallowed the damn thing. So I wasn't really worried about it. She comes back 45 minutes later for a test that should have taken 20 minutes. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this woman doing? As it turns out, she walks back in with grief counselors and, you know, psychiatrists and the, 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 the medical students. I mean, she damn, they had Dr. Phil on Skype. And I'm looking at her going, what is all this for? Because I knew I was good. And she reads, she goes, now, Mr. Thomas, um, just in case I haven't read your results yet, but what we have is we have some grief counselors here if you need them. We have, you know, medical students who are going to see whether or not you pee on yourself if we have bad news for you. We've already put a, a, a nice uh, Maury Povich rug on the floor so you can run around and dive on the floor going, no, 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 God, no. And now what we're going to do is we're going to open up your paper. And she opens up the paper and, of course, it says, clean. And she was almost disappointed. I mean, she didn't outwardly say she was disappointed, but... She said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even the grief counselors were, you know, kind of like, you know, like, you know, you watch those old 40s movies when the kid kicks the ground and goes all shucks with her hand. It was like that. And I didn't take it personally, but I just get the feeling that there's just a lot of people taking better care of themselves, and now they're kind of feeling useless. And I said, listen, not only, you know, I looked at the grief counselor, and I go, what, are you disappointed or something? I said, look, you know, um, it makes you feel any better. I think there's a motorcycle accident outside, and it looks like that guy's arm came off. She runs out, yay! Yeah, they were trying to build the moment, and it didn't happen. Ha! Take that, you bastards. I want to talk about relationships for a second, because a friend of mine was stunned and amazed that I don't get jealous in relationships anymore like I did when I was younger. And I wanted to explain to him, I explained to him, it's, it's, by the time you get jealous, in my opinion, that relationship is over. You understand what I'm saying? Because all of the behaviors that a person would would display to make themselves seem available to the other person either mean they don't want you or they're trying really hard to get your attention and doing it in an unconstructive way. I don't get jealous. You know, I think of relationships like jobs. You understand what I'm saying? You punch in. You give everything you have, you use your skills to the best of their ability, you try to make sure that the business, aka the relationship, is strengthening and getting better and stronger and improving and growing. And then at the end of 50 years, you punch out one last time. The only difference between a relationship and a job is, in a job, at the end of the 50 years, you get your gold watch, and then you take your stuff out in the box. At the end of a relationship, they take you out in a box and bury you with a gold watch. You know, I just never understood the concept of getting really jealous and angry. It didn't make any sense to me, you know, because, like I said, I refuse to give anybody that kind of power over me. I, I did it before. I did it before when I had a girlfriend who just... And this was the last time I actually allowed anybody that I, any girl that I was a girl, woman that I was in a relationship with to have that kind of power. I was a little younger than she was. And I was in my early twenties. She was a little older than that. And I thought I had found the girl that I, that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. 
And what happened was, let's just say she didn't feel the same way. <laughs> I left some letterhead over her house, and the letterhead had my name and my face on it. It literally had my picture on it. She gives it back to me. I stop off and pick it up. And I, you know, say, thanks a lot, doll. And then I take my stuff and I go home. I opened up the box of letterhead. And inside of the letterhead box was a romantic note. Very well thought out. Very sweet and sexy and awesome and great. And I'm sitting there going, this woman is awesome. This is a wonderful thing to do. I mean, I guess she's trying to, you know, say thank you for what I did for her. Because what I had done for her was I went to her job. And she thought I was just going there to say hello. But basically what I was going there to do was to find out when all of her girlfriends were going to be around the front desk. Because there's nothing better than getting, the only thing better than getting your woman a bunch of, like a big bouquet of flowers and romantic note and all of that kind of stuff, is to do it in front of her girlfriends. So I stopped off, and I stopped off a couple of times just to make sure I knew when her girlfriends were going to be there. So when she got the note and the thing and the flowers and the, the dancing and all that kind of stuff, it happened right in front of them. So I figured, okay, this is her way of giving me a little bit of that back. So I'm reading this note, and I noticed that some of the places she was talking about, we had never gone to. Hmm. Some of the activities that took place never took place when I was with her. Hmm. Also, I'm not an older white guy who's married with three children. So, uh, <laughs> that was kind of the last clue. Let's see, I'm a young black man and in my 20s, and this guy's a rich white guy in his 40s. Yeah, I don't think she's talking about me here. And it kind of infuriated me because it just crushed me, man. I couldn't believe anybody could do something like that. And as it turned out, she had been going through this this uh this this other relationship for months. And and that pissed me off. And it just it that was the first time in my life that I ever was in a situation where someone did something to me that hurt so badly that I actually felt physical pain. I, at that point in my life, I didn't really think that was possible to do. I thought that was just complete horse pucky that somebody could do or say something to you that would literally cause physical pain. But I now know that that's true. And what made it worse was not only the fact that another guy was in bed with the woman that I really cared about, that another guy was up inside her and touching her in ways that you, 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 that shouldn't happen when you're in a relationship. I started noticing that, wait a minute, this is what I was thinking, hold it a second. As I pulled the papers out, I started to notice that not only was she had, had she written this, this love note to this other guy, after the pain subsided a little bit, I realized, wait a minute, she was actually practicing this love note on my stationery. And the stationery had a picture of me smiling from the stationery. So she's literally writing rough drafts of a love note to another guy while looking at my smiling face come up from the paper. And that's when it hit me. I was so stupid. I was literally in the kind of, kind of pain that even when I had a car accident five or six years later, that didn't hurt as bad 
<laughs> seeing this note of these notes in this rough drafts and obviously that relationship ended but that was the last time I decided that I was ever going to let anyone hurt me like that again now I didn't mean that I was going to close myself off emotionally anyone that knows me knows that I'm an emotional guy and what I mean what I mean by emotional is I can love people very very deeply I'm a very good friend but you will never have an opportunity to crush me with something that you do and I made a decision I'm never going to let myself get jealous I'm never going to let that happen again if a person does not want to be with you don't take it personally you know because let me keep keep in mind say, say for the sake of argument say the best car in the world is a is a Bugatti it's a car that costs a million and a half dollars but you love 65 Mustangs which will probably cost about twenty five thousand dollars and someone says hey man take this Bugatti you can't sell it but you can have it you like I, I I I don't want that, and they think you were crazy. You want that '65 Mustang? I mean, I know it's a classic, but this is a Bugatti here, man. Nah, I'm cool. Now that person wouldn't take it personally, because you're you're wanting or having a preference for the '65 Mustang it doesn't denigrate the Bugatti. It doesn't mean the Bugatti sucks. It just means what you want is a '65 Mustang. And I realize it's exactly the same way in relationships. It doesn't mean that you suck because this particular person doesn't want you. All it means is that they want that. And quite frankly, if they want that, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. And since it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me, I can't take it personally. And if I can't take it personally, let him go. I wish you happiness. We can't be friends because you lied to me. But I wish you happiness. And that's what I told him. That's what I told my friend. And that's the only thing I can say. I refuse to be jealous of anybody for any reason. And I hope you feel the same way about yourself. Don't let anybody get in your head. You know, even if they don't want you, it doesn't mean that you suck. It just means they want something else. Take care. Look, married friends, do me a favor. Stop talking about sex with your wife if I've known you for more than 10 years, please. I have friends that just keep doing that. I'm sitting there going, look, man, I've been friends with you for 15 years. I've been friends with your wife for 12. You're always around. You're always at my house. I'm always at your house. We're friends. She's like my sister. Stop telling me disgusting stuff you do to each other. I don't want to hear it, especially since she has this thing that I didn't mind before where we're close enough friends where she would walk up to me and give me the quick peck on them lips and now I have to figure out ways to try to avoid that you sick bastard stop it you know and, and, and when you've been friends long enough like I said you're like family so you don't want to hear that crap I don't want to hear my you know my brother-in-law walking in you know S uh, <laughs> you're gonna love what I did to your sister last night I grabbed a handful of her hair right <laughs> then I strapped it to the bed no 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 nope 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 Nope, nope, no, 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 no. You are two words away from one of two things happening. Me stabbing my eardrums out or me killing you and burying you somewhere. No, 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 no. Some people just don't know how to not say things, you know. And it's funny when you watch people react in different situations, how how uh, <laughs> how you can see how uh, people get weirded out. I was hanging out with an older relative. He's a he's a senior citizen. 
And uh, he can say things that my younger friends just can't say. They can't do it. Seriously. I was driving him someplace. He saw a, a, a young man, really handsome young man. Guy was obviously muscled up, you know, s symmetrical in the face. He, he worked on his body. He looked great. And this older relative looked at the guy and go, yo, S. I said, yeah. He goes, look at that guy over there. I said, what about him? He goes, that that young man has a beautiful body. That is one beautiful young man. I mean, that look at this guy's body. He, and he starts running down body parts. Look at the way he sculpted this, that, this. And I'm looking at him going, why are we doing this? You know, mainly because I was like, well, really? Really, this is the conversation you want to have? And I realized I wasn't as uncomfortable as my younger friends are. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> I can't imagine two 20-somethings going, yo, man, look at that dude over there, man. That dude's body is slamming, man. I mean, that dude is put together, man. Look at the body on it. That dude's body is beautiful. Because if one of those young guys had said that to another one of the young guys, it would have gone a little different. Yo, man, that dude's body is beautiful. Uh, look, man, do me a favor. I'm going to pull over. You're going to have to get out. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. I, 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 I don't want to hear it. Get out. You know, because that's what comes out sometimes in, in uncomfortable situations. You get that soft homophobia that's that a lot of people have. Not the homophobia where, because these are, these are the kind of people that would vote for gay marriage. These are the kind of people that would have gay friends. These are the kind of people that, that have gay relatives and would punch you in the mouth if you did anything to their gay friend or relative. But they don't want to hear it. And, I, and I've seen it up close. I had a, a friend of mine that was, uh, he was part of a, he, well, he's still a friend of mine now. And he's, uh, he's, he's part of a long-term couple. And like I said, I don't want to hear heterosexuals telling me about they're getting it on. And now he's sitting there and I'm realizing that he's basically telling me in, 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 he's trying to be around the way with it, but he's basically letting me know that he's the garage and his long-term boyfriend is the car. And I'm sitting there going, dude, why? Why? I don't want to hear anybody I know talking about what they do to each other. This has nothing to do with you being gay. I would be, you know what I'm saying? Because if you notice, you saw me talking to this other couple who's heterosexual. And he was trying to tell me what he did to his wife, who's a long-term friend of mine. And I didn't want to hear that. You just saw that exchange. You saw me tell him to shut the fuck up and stop talking about what he did to his wife's butt and what she did to his butt. I kind of blacked out and started vomiting at that point. And now you're going to start. What is... Just, why? You don't ever hear me talking about the stuff that I do to women. And I never tell you anything. So stop it. So everybody, let's huddle together. Everybody in this room. Do me a favor. I love every last one of you like family. We've been friends for a long period of time. Stop telling me about what you do when you're fucking each other. I don't want to hear it. Do you understand? Thank you. And that's my message for the day. Stop telling people about your fucking. No one wants to hear it. That's right. I said it. No one wants to hear it. I ain't kidding. Seriously, don't tell us about that shit. Thanks again for stopping by. Until next time, S. Anthony, out.